You're listening to the Modern Web Podcast. For more podcasts, videos, and events, find us online at modern-web.org or follow us on Twitter at modern.web. That's M-O-D-E-R-N-D-O-T-W-E-B. Hi, everyone, and welcome to another Modern Web Podcast. I'm here with Justin Fagnani today, who is part of the Lit Team at Google. Welcome, welcome, Justin. It's really, really exciting to see you again after so long. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, good to see you again. It has been a really long time. I know. It feels like forever. So what's your, like... What's your role on the lit team? I mean, you know, I, I feel like sometimes when people think lit, they think you. Are you lit? <laughs> um, no, no, I am definitely not. Although in periods, our team's pretty flexible. So people move around. So at times, uh, you know, I am lit. And at times we have a lot of people on it, uh, depending on what's up. So I definitely like started the initial seed concept. And then I'm like the TL of lit. Um, but right now we also have Kevin and Steve, who I think you've met on our team. Um, mm-hmm. And we probably have about, we're, we're doing a big spike for a new release. So we probably have about six people um, working on the court libraries right now. Amazing. Yeah. Well, before I get into it with you, I just wanted to go ahead and give a shout out to our podcast sponsor for today, which is Pluralsight. So, oh my gosh, JavaScript is actually 25 years old now. Can you believe it? Whoa, I can. <laughs> almost, almost into midlife crisis, basically. So, so they're celebrating all month and they're making 25 of their JavaScript courses free. Um, so they're going to be hosting live panels with experts like John stickers and things like that. Um, so if you go to javascript.com, you'll see a full schedule of the festivities. But, you know, I'm just wondering uh, when, when and what JavaScript's midlife crisis looks like and when that will take place. <laughs> It's, it's ready to stop binge drinking at college and get a real job. Right. <laughs> All of a sudden, JavaScript's going to start making yeah. money. Oh, yeah. my God. Oh. Get a real job, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so let's just talk about what's going on with Lit. I know you guys have been working on a lot of amazing things. Uh, yeah, so we've been pretty heads down uh, this year, uh, you know, as we navigate working from home in the pandemic and all that. Um, I'm working on new versions of both Lit HTML and Lit Element. Um, so we're, we're doing a lot of work there. It's all public, but in branches right now. Um, but a lot of this started from working on SSR. That's been one of the longest standing features and we built SSR to work with the current versions. And then there was a bunch of things we wanted to change as we were doing it. And we started building this list of, you know, all the breaking changes we wanted to make. Um, and so, yeah, earlier this year, we did a spike on some experiments and we're like, oh, we think we can make this thing faster and smaller. Um, so for the last, uh, I don't know, five months or so, we've had a bunch of us working on the next versions. Um, so yeah, the, the themes are basically, uh, SSR support, uh, smaller code size, faster performance and, and more features. Uh, we're trying to get like, have all your cake and eat it too. Um, hopefully this will be out very early next year. Um, Nice. Yeah. And then we're also trying to do like at the same time, like kind of combine, bring our products closer together. We've tended to like to do separate libraries and sometimes that's confusing to people. So we're trying to make more of a lit kind of umbrella. That's nice. Okay, so I laugh only because I know like lit is super small, built for the web, use the platform, all these things, right? And then like, I hear you adding all these features. I'm like, 
are you just gonna become another angular <laughs> like is it getting bigger or how are you guys mitigating that <laughs> i mean uh you know size and built for the platform are somewhat separate like in my mind like basically the 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 biggest thing about lit html the templating library is it's just templating it's not a component framework and it's designed to use with custom elements so you want to put a component in your template you just put an html tag and so kind of from that comes from the whole like that's the whole built for the platform theme there um when we add more features we're not really talking about really big high level features like we're talking about things like um in lit html the ability to put a binding like without an attribute uh just on an element this is kind of like uh the spread syntax in, in React in JSX. Um, we're also introducing like this controllers concept for composition with lit element. So it's a little bit like views composition API or maybe React hooks or, or that kind of use case. Um, it's not a big feature, but it's a way people could make like headless bits of code and combine them together. Um, but our whole you know vision still is that uh you know it's web components first and that lit really is an implementation detail of a web component it just helps you be more productive um, so we're still keeping with that i love it yeah i mean a lot of our clients have been uh you know for greenfield projects saying like oh you know we should be using lit so we've been having a lot of fun kind of building for lit this past year and i hope that uh that trend continues oh uh, yeah yeah i mean we're, we're trying to do that too like some of the new features are about making it more fun like we've had restrictions in the past like could we loosen that up a little bit because people really want to do it this way and we don't want to tell everybody to eat their spinach all the time like people have fun with lit let's make it make it even more fun yeah define fun that to me is like you know eat spinach all the time or like oh you could you could branch off a little bit and get creative <laughs> i get yeah i guess to me fun would be like like how much magic you might have that makes something super simple to like add um like for instance uh one of our new features is, is an ability for a directive which is a little expression you can put inside of a template just to get a, a few more hooks onto the host element it's attached to um and this lets the directive do like some setup before the next render and it's a very kind of small little feature in there, but the thing it allows is like these really concise animation directives. So you could just put a single directive on an element that says like flip, and when it goes to render, it'll measure, do the whole flip thing. And it's like, you just put one directive and it all just works. Um, there's a little bit of magic under the covers, but uh, you know the experience of it is way fun if you're just like, hey, I have a UI and I'd love parts of it to animate. I'm just gonna drop this annotation on a few places. So that's, you know, I think that's pretty fun. Cool. Any other yeah. features or things that you haven't mentioned as part of the new release? Uh, well, the two big ones probably, um, or let's let's make it three. So one is in order to get things smaller, um, one of the things we're doing is moving some of the polyfill support out to like an auxiliary module. Um, and this is more for like IE. So all browsers, all current browsers basically have a great web component support right now. And currently, like the element users um, pay like an additional 1K cost by default for the bridge between lit element and the polyfills. So we're going to move that to an external module and say like you have to load that separately to get IE support. And by default, we won't support IE. So it's like we're moving IE support into this middle ground now. Um, we can support it if you want. And hopefully in a couple of years, people will really get rid of it and we'll be able to drop support altogether. Um, another big one is SSR. So we have a pretty cool node-based SSR system. 
um, we've been working really hard to kind of shoot for where the, you know, aim for where the puck is going. So we do things like we can have streaming SSR. We don't do DOM emulation. So we actually take the string chunks of the templates and like stream them out on your HTTP server. So you can get very, very fast time to first byte. Um, we can do asynchronous streaming, all kinds of stuff like that. So SSR is going to come along a little bit after the initial release. And then another big feature that I hope we uh, roll out with, we have basic support in now, but we're trying to do, like I said, something like view composition APIs. So we're calling this right now controllers or reactive controllers. And it's these little objects that you can add to your component that can hook the component lifecycle and do all the kind of things you're used to with, with hooks or view composition. So hook into state management, context, do your spring controllers, drag and drop animation, all that kind of stuff. Um, so those are, those are probably our headline features there. That's exciting. So I love talking to um, library authors of, you know, all the different technologies and seeing, you know, hooks, and then all of a sudden there's view composition, right? Uh, and um, like, was that inspired by what's going on in the community? Definitely. Um, you know, we get a lot of requests, you know, for features that that come from other like frameworks, and we have to kind of view those through our lens of of like how we work, what what we're trying to accomplish. And hooks has been an, an interesting one because a lot of people, you know, have built hook systems for lit. Like I don't, I'm not sure if you heard of the haunted library by Matthew Phillips. Um, the it's library. It's called haunted. Haunted. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And uh, Matthew Phillips, who, no, who now works on uh, Skypack with, with Frenchshot, mm -hmm. he made this very soon after uh, Lit and Hooks came out. And it's basically, it looks just like React Hooks, just with Lit. Um, but you know, from our point of view, like we, we're dealing with classes and objects. Like web components extend HTML element. They're inherently classes. And so we didn't want to try to create a system where you're like one half in this like functional programming with algebraic effects world and one half in this object-oriented world. Um, and we've always had the ability to compose a class out of other objects. Um, so in a lot of ways, what we're putting out as controllers is nothing really special. It's just another object that you attach to your object. But we needed some way to document the patterns that you can already do um, that are analogous to what you get out of hooks and view composition. Um, and we needed a couple of Normally, you would call these hooks, like a place on a class where you can listen for some lifecycle um, so that one of these objects can basically go at the different lifecycle points, like before render, after render. Um, so it's somewhat inspired by those things, but we're still trying to uh, stick to very plain uh, object-oriented programming and not really like you know layer a new paradigm on top of uh, what JavaScript already gives you. Yeah. That's very exciting. It's just exciting to see the web moving forward. I mean, I know there's been a lot of like, uh, you know, I feel like a few years ago, right? I mean, this is kind of when, you know, Lit was born as well, right? It was like, okay, let's figure out how to make things on the web work. Okay, let's figure out state management. Okay, let's figure out this and that and whatever. And then uh, now it's just kind of, uh, I, I feel like it's it's mostly been like optimization. You know, everybody's focused on optimization these days. Yeah, I mean, and, and things are moving kind of like at a nice clip right now. Um, yeah. I think TC39 has really added some great features and the browsers have added them really quickly. Mm -hmm. I love like optional training and knowledge coalescing, logical assignment. 
Um, some of that makes your, your code really compact. Modules are really coming along. Mm-hmm. Um, we've been using modules from the start with Lit, but you know we're going to have uh, import maps, which lets you import, import bare specifiers, and we're going to have CSS modules soon. So it it seems like I don't know. I, I feel like we're entering a golden era right now. Like everything's really coming together. Yeah. But, yeah. And then all JavaScript developers will become obsolete because WebAssembly takes over. <laughs> I'm not seeing that one. I don't know. I I still have only done like minor WebAssembly experiments, but it, yeah. yeah. I'm totally teasing. Uh, some people, some people really believe that. Some people are like, yeah. you know, we should just stop working on JavaScript. I'm like, no, you can't do that. <laughs> so, um, web standards. So you keep up with web standards, mm-hmm. um, and um, you know, I, I love hearing kind of some of the, you know, like you're talking about, you know, being able to unlock CSS modules soon, and kind of like how that changes, you know how lit does things or what makes it available and you know same to all the other frameworks right i mean as web standards progress the javascript frameworks and and kind of the ecosystem progresses so like how do you keep up with all that why do you keep up with all of it what what do you look for (laughs) yeah i mean um you know, I'm a I'm in a privileged, pretty privileged intersection of teams. You know, working at Google, being paid to work on open source. Uh, you know, having been on the Chrome team and working hand in hand with people on you know both 2C39 and the uh, what WG W3C world. Um, so the how is a lot easier for me. Like you know, all this stuff is out in the open, but you kind of have to know, you know, have a mental map of what's going on and and know where to look for this stuff. Um, and part of the how is that the Polymer team historically has been very involved in the web component standards. So we regularly talk with and meet with people in the standards groups from other browsers. So, um, you know, that's been a huge, uh, you know, opportunity for us to get involved there. Um, the, the why is really interesting, I think, though, because, you know, I, I feel like we have a little bit of a unique kind of perspective and orientation on our team in that, um, I, I've heard it described before as platform thinking and that, you know, anytime we go to add a new feature, we, first we're reluctant to add a lot of features, right? We don't want to add a feature that feels like it should be in the web platform without thinking about it really hard. Um, and when we do, we want to think about how might the platform add that feature itself and how we might change when it does. So like CSS, you brought up, um, you know, people have been having all kinds of different ways of loading CSS into web apps for a really long time, right? And a lot of these are just various ways to generate or shim over like link tags put in the, in the document. Um, and in web components, we've had Shadow DOM for a while, which get, gives us scoping. And, and previously we had HTML imports where we could pull in CSS. And so when we did CSS and lit, we were trying to think and advocate for how like the native platform would evolve to add CSS loading. And so we proposed the CSS modules idea, which is just that you could import a CSS file into JavaScript and get a style sheet. And from there, you could just add it to whatever component you wanted. So we designed our CSS to basically work like that. You would describe your CSS in a JavaScript module, import that, and then use it with your component. And we built it so that as soon as CSS modules land, instead of importing a JavaScript module, you can just import CSS. Um, so we're always trying to like you know skate to where the puck is going in that sense. Um, and so that's why we get really involved. You know, these standards take years to 
to pan out. I can't remember when I opened the CSS modules issue. It was like 2017, probably. And I think it's just starting to be implemented in Blink and in Chromium right now. Yeah. Yeah. That's totally crazy. Like how, like, I mean, it's good that it doesn't move super fast. So it's crazy that it's moving super fast, but it's also crazy how long things take. So I don't know what, which side I'm on. But so when I look at, um, you know, when I look at, you know, web components, right? So I think it was, God, I don't know if it was like 2000, late 2017, early 2018, or maybe all of 2018. Everybody was like, web components, web components, web components, right? And then I feel like it slowed down a little bit. Like people are like, yeah, web components, but let's not talk about that anymore. Well, what do you think that's all about? I mean, I think there's big differences between what you see on Twitter and what people are actually working on. Um, one of the things that we saw happen, um, I think, you know, starting late 2017 is we had a lot more people um, take big roles in the web components ecosystem than, than just Google and the Polymer team in Chrome. Um, you know, we had uh, Ionic come in with Stencil, um, Salesforce was getting the Lightning components going. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, also, uh, you know, when we started transitioning on Polymer, our focus from the classic Polymer library to Lit, um, we also, you know, went a little more heads down in, in that whole era. So it was getting a little too toxic on Twitter. Um, you know, people were often interpreting, you know, like a pro web components stance, or, you know, if you, if you say things like frameworks calls balkanization of, of projects and skills and whatnot, people would be like, why do you hate frameworks? That's my personal life work. You know, you're awful. So there was a lot of like really bad blood and it just was best to kind of disengage. And I think a lot of the web components community did that. I think you saw a lot of the people on frameworks, you know, partially disengaged from those conversations. Um, and uh, I think that was ultimately like pretty good. So a lot of stuff, a lot of work's been happening if there's been like less kind of controversy and discussion on Twitter. Yeah. Well, I think less controversy is always nice. Yeah. Um, you know, it's funny because like the Twitterverse is basically, uh, you know, our own form of politics. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, like I think when, when you really evaluate it and when re- you really understand decisions that are made, uh, you know, between frameworks and libraries, it, it really is about collaboration, right? I mean, you look at hooks and, um, uh, you know, the composition API and you guys are calling it controllers. Is that right? Like yes, that? I think I think so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I mean, I love to see the collaboration on the web. Yeah. Um, yeah, so like I know before as well, you were you know much more web performance heavy, right? But like, have you like just changed positions at Google? Or, or like, why are you not focused on that as much anymore? I mean, we're we're always focused on enabling web performance, and this <laughs> is why we try to make our libraries like as small and as fast as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean. You know, the Polymer team at one point had a pretty expansive mission and vision, and, and we, we still do in some ways, but like we were putting out things like the purple pattern, um, you know, which is like preloading assets and lazy loading them and stuff, which is still talked about. And we were making, um, you know, big performance demos on and servers and, and projects on how to, you know, optimize all the asset loading. Um, 
And we've really had to kind of like focus more on the core libraries because we've we have some like big customers who really need some things out of us and we got to get that stuff done. Um, so, you know, we've kind of focused more on performance in the small these days. So like I said, the library there. And then like one thing we've worked on is uh, for the past uh, maybe year and a half, we've worked on this um, pretty awesome benchmarking library uh, that we call Tachometer. Um, we really like want people to be able to measure and optimize the performance of their individual components, like not just the whole page. And we've had a problem where we didn't have great access to like a performance lab with stable hardware, uh, like the Chrome team does, but it only runs Chrome perf. And we're like, we want to run Firefox and Safari and all that. So we wrote this tool that you can run on like GitHub Actions and it does the statistical sampling of performance benchmarks. And it does it across versions at the same time. So it'll do like your current release and master and this PR and give you this matrix of comparisons. Uh, and it'll run them for like, you know, hundreds of runs until it can definitively say something is faster or not. So if you get a single machine for just a little bit, you can compare versions and, and make sure you don't have performance regressions. So that's been working great for us. The Preact team is using that. Um, and we, we haven't talked about it a lot, but it's called Tachometer. And yeah, people should should check it out because it's really easy to, to set up for your project. And uh, that, that's been really useful for us. Yes, I just love all the tools out there that are just making web performance just more accessible generally. Uh, you know, I've been having a lot of conversations lately about like, okay, there's like the, you know, web performance wizard that you're like, Oh my God, what are you doing? What are you tracing? What are you even talking about? What graphs are you looking at? I don't I have no idea what's happening versus like the, oh, cool. Like I can run a lighthouse report and I feel good about even understanding any level of performance, but then like, you know, getting from lighthouse to somewhere in between, you know, web performance wizards is like another, you know, another conversation, right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Light, Lighthouse has been a game changer and Web Vitals. I mean, the, the ability to stick some of these things in your continuous development workflow yeah. um, and get simple to understand numbers out of them is just amazing. Um, I do think like a lot of these tools are more focused on pages and apps. Mm -hmm. Like a lot of these metrics, like, you know, uh, content shift and first paint and all that. It makes sense once you've gotten to the level app. So we definitely want to like help library and component authors too. Like, okay, you don't know what app your library is going to be used in, but how do you know it's fast? Mm -hmm. um, that's a big question out there for, for a lot of people. Man, and Tachometer does that. Uh, yeah, I mean, you still, you know, I don't want to oversell it. Like the hardest part of benchmarking is actually writing a decent benchmark. Uh -huh. So you can have a you can have a great tool that measures it, but it's like, what do you actually benchmark? If you have a component, what do you do? Do you just render ten thousand of them and assign a bunch of different props to them? Right. Uh, so you still have to do that, and and I don't know. Maybe one day somebody will take like a GPT three and be like, hey, benchmark my component, and we'll just like spit out <laughs> machine machine learning driven benchmarks or something. But, yeah. Well, I mean, that's kind of yeah. like, um, you know, the argument between like, let's say Lighthouse and WebHint, right? It's like, okay, well, Lighthouse gives you an opinion, but, you know, don't use Lighthouse as the only opinion, like actually interpret Lighthouse scores and what it's actually telling you and measure that against your internal benchmarks. Whereas WebHint's like, we're not even going to give you a score because you should, you, you know, you should have your own benchmarks internally. Right. So. Yeah. Yeah, it's hard, and and 
knowing what to measure is just just super hard. You have to dig into it. And definitely, like I see people um, out there who are like, yeah, every site I go to, I trace and see what's you know what's wrong with it, and they yeah. always find stuff. Yeah, yeah. Well, there's always something wrong, and then it's like, oh, you know, like you know what what um, device are you measuring on? Are you throttling things? How much are you throttling? Like. I have my idea personally about like what the standard is based on what I've seen, you know, when you're doing benchmarking, but like, I mean, I could be wrong. Everybody has their own opinions. So yeah, but tachometer, I'm definitely going to check that out. I mean, that just sounds amazing. Yeah. For the individual component developer, I think it's kind of, uh, or library developer is kind of an underserved area right now. Yeah, absolutely. So um, server-side rendering, like what's the, uh, what's the push there? Um, so yeah, if you've known us for a long time, you know, that our team has, you know, maybe contrarian opinions a bit about server-side rendering. Um, you know, uh, I've described it before as, you know, it's kind of like, uh, decompressing data on the server, sending the decompressed version to the client and then recompressing it on the client. Um, cause you know, your component definition is like a compressed, you know, format for, for, for your exploded component. Um, but you know, there are definitely some cases where SSR is needed, um, you know, things like rendering static pages and supporting non-JavaScript. Um, and we have a lot of, uh, customers and potential customers who are like, uh, you know, for whatever reason we need SSR, it's like non-negotiable. Um, and one of those is actually internal Google. So, um, a lot of our team has been working on getting lit, working with our internal Java servers that do SSR, which is a whole like pretty non-standard, uh, setup. So now we have this whole compilation system to compile like lit to Java, which is pretty wild. Um, but yeah, externally, we have a lot of people who are like, we need SSR. So we're like, okay, we're going to build SSR. And the thing we're trying to do is, you know, build the absolute optimal version we can at the moment. So we take advantage of the fact that, let's say, lit, like describe static and dynamic sections, and we can pre, kind of compile all templates into a version that will just stream out chunks of templates and values, and really try to optimize, um, you know, throughput and time traverse byte and everything like that. Um, and, and so we have a version of a library we call lit SSR. And it basically, you import your app module, and then you get this like stream of content out. If you, you provide some data, get a stream of content out, and you can just hook that up to your, you know, Express or Koa server um, and start rendering. And we also have, I think Kevin might have made a, uh, I don't think he made an 11 plugin yet, but he did make some static generator renderer also. Um, nice. Yeah. So we're going to, um, you know, basically have like an alpha version that we try to get some early customers using. Um, and, you know, the hardest thing for me with SSR is that without like actual apps to use it on, it's very hard to figure out, you know, exactly what the requirements are. Like what state management are you using? How are you going to represent, you know, um, serialized data over? So we need some earlier customers to connect all the primitives that we have and, and make it all actually happen. Okay, so like you talk about these customers, and obviously, like there's a lot of you know random companies consuming uh, lit. But like when you talk about your customers, who are they? 
Um, I mean, we have both internal and external customers. So, uh, like, you, you know, that YouTube is all built with web components and Polymer. Um, there's a lot of Chrome stuff, like um, most of the bundled Chrome OS apps at this point, like the painting app and I think maybe the camera, a bunch of these, the help center, the tour, a bunch of that stuff is built with Lit now. Um, you know, externally, we have a lot of, uh, like well-known companies that are using this kind of stuff. Um, we have, uh, you know, ING and Williams-Sonoma and Nintendo and IBM and Microsoft and just a bunch of people like that. Um, so we stay in touch with a lot of um, those customers and, and, and try to help them along. Um, we've had some very interesting people come to us that's like, I can't really say what sites they are, but you would, you would know them. We're like, yeah, we, we want to try this out, except for we need like X, Y, and Z. And so those are always interesting because you're like, oh, I would love it if that site used our stuff. Let's try to build X, Y, and Z. Um, yes. So. Yes, the more customers, the more bugs you have in your ear, the more you can build, but also the more dangerous it gets. <laughs> yes, yes. With customers comes great responsibility. <laughs> well, that's wonderful. That's really, really interesting. Um, so what are you guys planning for? So you, you talked about releasing, you know, soonish, and then SSR soon after that. But like, what does that timeline look at? Like, and you know, nobody on this podcast, like hold Justin to any of this. But like, you know, if you had to guess where, where is that kind of landing? If I had to guess, I'm, I'm trying to think right now whether or not like my manager would be like mad for like putting any kind of concrete date oh, in the ground. Yeah, um, yeah I, I mean, we're, Speaking of customers, we have some stuff we've told people we'd get to like next year, early next year. So, you know, we're, we kind of wanted to be able to get like a, a beta or something out this year. We were trying to be aggressive and like, all right, let's just throw everything at it and see what we can get. Um, but that wasn't, you know, coming around exactly like we wanted and we don't want to rush anything. So um, it looks like we're going to aim for, you know, as early as possible next year. Um, yeah. Yeah, so like Danish, late late Jan, February. I mean, we still have. We're trying to redo the whole site too. So there's yeah. like various like, is the code done? Are the samples done? Is the site yeah. done? Yeah. Um, yeah, but I would be very happy. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. My my birthday is in January. I'd be very happy to give myself a birthday present if actually. Yeah. Something. Well, what about the, so the SSR stuff then we're talking about like end of Feb, end of March slash maybe later. <laughs> yeah. I mean, SSR, I think is a little more of a longer term iterative thing. Like we, we need to put some alpha packages out there and then have people use them and be like, Hey, I was trying to use this with Redux and I didn't know how to hook up serializing my redux state and rehydrating it and we'll be like oh well you got to do that this way and well, we just know that we're going to hit kind of combinations and use cases yeah that, you know either we need to do stuff for or at least kind of document yeah. so um i'm not really sure who our first uh guinea pigs i mean customers <laughs> are, are going to be on that um so we'll see you know I, I think we'll have like i said alpha you know around the same time or shortly after the the next lit stuff and then we'll just kind of go from there and see right. how much people use it yeah. yeah 
Well, it's so much fun. It's good to hear that the web is moving forward. Again, I know some people are yeah. bored, um, you know, including myself, but I think, I, I don't think that's like necessarily a web moving forward thing. I think it's also kind of like a, we're just stuck at home thing and, you know, there's no conferences going on and like, we, you know, everybody's wanting a little bit more energy in their lives. <laughs> I know I miss the conferences and the meetups. I mean, I even, I even just miss the office. Like I, I am yeah, really looking forward to breakfast, dinner. I miss going to the Google yeah. office and getting those peanut butter cups. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I miss those. Yeah. I mean, I miss just, you know, having a random chat every meeting right now. Yeah. Like we got to give like random, like, like let's talk about your day and weekend and stuff time, you know? Yeah. So yeah. I think 20, 2021 is going to be good. I think so too. I mean, I hope so. I w- I was thinking 2020 would be really good, but uh, you know, it's been uh, it's been a little crazy. It's been interesting. Yes, <laughs> it's definitely been interesting, and you know, it's 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 always interesting. Like you know, you're so. I feel like you as an individual, like you're like okay, you know, thinking about lit, thinking about you know, building a library right for the web and then thinking about web standards and, you know, you've had your brain in like web performance related stuff a lot. And, and like, you know, when I talk to people like you, I'm like, geez, you know, how do you get all this out of anybody's brain? Like there's no quick, fast, easy, you know, I mean, you know, I I feel like, you know, developers, they're always like, how do I level up? How do I level up? Right. But it's just like, Sometimes it's just time, like aging, not that you're aging, apologies. <laughs> aging a fine wine. You just have to be in there for a while. Yeah, you have to, you have to ferment. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I, I wish I knew, honestly. Like, I, I look at the path I've taken, and it's been pretty winding. I mean, I actually started being kind of a professional kind of late. Um, in this field mm-hmm. and I've taken weird diversions where I was like ah, that probably you know wasn't the best use of my time for a couple of years um, yeah I mean for me like I think like I said I, I was in a very privileged position to kind of be on the Chrome team and being you know doing JavaScript working on libraries but you know literally sitting across the, the little cube divider from the V8 team um, it's helpful. so I wish I yeah. Like, hey, how does V8 do this? Like, you know, so I, I wish I had uh like a more like replicatable like map I could give somebody to say, like, here's how to level up on this stuff I did. Um, because I don't I don't know that a lot of the opportunities I've had apply. Um Yeah. Well Yeah, Silicon I don't know, just Valley. digging. Oh, sorry, go ahead. I was I was saying Silicon Valley. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean I I yeah, I wonder how you know the work from home cha- change mm-hmm. is is going to affect that, right? Because um, a lot of that happened because I'm just like chatty in person. Like I'll just walk up to somebody and be like, "Hey, you know about this, right? Can I ask you about it?" And definitely like way more reluctant to do that on, you know, internal chat systems and stuff. Oh yeah, so, for sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, same thing for me, right? I think we've done uh, more modern webs this year just because I'm like, well, I miss talking to people. Let's yeah. talk to people, you know, and bringing people together. Like we just did a GraphQL contributor days and it was like, oh my gosh, finally, you know, because 
you know, you think about these, these things, right. And, and people getting together at conferences or, you know, let's say there's a, you know, like a, a lit conference and, you know, you get all, together all the maintainers or, you know, all the people contributing or whatever. And, you know, really amazing things happen out of those types of situations. And this year has kind of lended itself to like not having any of those situations. So contributor days has been just really. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think, a, I think a lot of positive stuff has been kind of coming out of all this. Like a lot of the compensation that people have had to do to make up for remote work and, and no kind of in-person stuff. I think it's helped people, people in different parts of the world who didn't have access, um, yeah. you know, to some of these discussions, get in, get involved. Um, you know, I, I don't know. Once once we get back to a new normal, I think uh, some things will be a lot better. So kind of yeah. talk about that. Yeah, there's always a silver lining, you know, and I, I agree. Like, I appreciate a lot of the things. And I think it opens up a lot of doors for people who just, like, can't be in certain places. But, you know, you do miss that, you, you know, miss that, like, in-person kind of magic that happens. But we got to make mm-hmm. our own. I'm sure there's yeah. a... There's a I'm sure there's a GitHub action for this. Like you got to create. Okay. Well, very cool. So, um, you know, how do people keep up with what you're doing? What, what's going on with lit? Where would you recommend they find things? So right now we have a blog that we maintain on the Polymer Project website. Um, mm-hmm. We're going to start a new blog, which is going to be the new official place to to kind of get all the news. But until then, um, there, um, the at Polymer account on Twitter, mm-hmm. um, and uh, we have a, a Polymer Project uh, Slack channel you can find off of our website. Um, and so like as we do a new lit release, we're you know, going to try to kind of emphasize the the lit side of things more. So we might create some new avenues for, for people to, um, uh, to get their lit news, but we'll announce them on those other vehicles there. Nice. Well, I hope there's a lot of lit puns. There are. 2021 is going to be a great year for lit, for sure. <laughs> awesome. And we can find you on Twitter at Justin Fagnani, right? It's very easy. Yeah. Justin Fignani, uh, beware of my uh, political tweets. So 2020 has not been a good year for tweeting tech stuff. It's been, you know, but yeah. Uh, yeah. So if you if you like my politics, follow me. Otherwise, follow the Polymer account. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Okay. Well, thank you everyone for listening yeah. to this episode of Modern Web. And thank you, Pluralsight, for sponsoring. And happy birthday. Happy 25th birthday, Brendan Ike. Happy birthday, JavaScript. <laughs> Yes, happy birthday, JavaScript. Uh, If you like these podcasts, make sure to check out more of them on modern.web.com. See you all soon. Thanks, Tracy. Bye. podcast is sponsored by this.labs, a framework agnostic consultancy that specializes in JavaScript. You can find them at this.co slash labs. That's T-H-I-S-D-O-T dot C-O slash labs.